Thank you for joining us today with Newly Awakened Ministries. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us today with Newly Awakened Ministries and listening to part two of Revelations from the Secret Place. I am so excited. Let's go ahead and dive in, but and we will recap with what part one was all about. In part one, we discussed how Stephen, right before he was martyred, we can read in Acts 7, he is brought before the court. And he is giving his account between God and man. And when we get to the part where God is speaking to Moses, he gives us some new information. He says that God was speaking to Moses through a thorny burning bush. A thorny burning bush. You know, this is the first time that we read in scripture that this bush actually had thorns on it. You know, it was really interesting because I was like, God, why does it have to have thorns? Because we know that the thorns represent uh, part of the curse. Because when God gave the curse to man, there was thorns and there was thristles. And it was imagery that, you know, there was the curse upon mankind. And then God was reminding me, you know, the Holy Spirit, he was reminding me of the crown of thorns, how Christ took upon the crown of thorns on his head. And so I was like, okay, well, now we got, you know, God speaking to Moses through a thorny burning bush. And we also got Jesus wearing this crown of thorns. What's the, you know, what's the similarity? And the Holy Spirit was saying, read where the message was originally written. And so, you know, you have to go back to Exodus 3. And God is saying to Moses to tell Pharaoh, to tell the enemy of his people, let my people go. And over and over, you can see where God is telling Pharaoh to tell the enemy of his people, let my people go. And so we are really, we can actually understand that what God was saying to Moses through a thorny burning bush, you know, God was also speaking through Jesus, which he is God in flesh through the crown of thorns, telling the enemy of his people, let my people go. You know, I am really excited about that because, you know, God, you know, the first time he said, let my people go, it came in a form of a statement. Second time it was with a payment and it was the payment of Jesus's blood. And, you know, right now is the weekend of Easter and between Good Friday. And so whenever you're listening to this, just keeping this in mind that we are talking about the crucifixion of Christ and this is around the time of Easter. And so I am really excited uh, about what we have for, for us today, um, you know, what the Lord he is giving us. And so today I want to talk about how Jesus, how he became sin and how he you know, how he took on sin, became sin, and then he rose in authority. You know, we see where Jesus, how he took on sin and became sin, and he rose up in authority. You know, he he became sin, he swallowed up sin, defeating death, and he rose up, you know, in authority. The first verse we are actually going to be looking at is 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and verse 21. Uh, we'll start in verse 20, actually. It says, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, 
as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg of you on the behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him, you know, God, the Father, he made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God. So already here we are seeing, you know, this imagery of Jesus becoming sin. He literally took on sin and became sin for us. And then the second verse that I want to read is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55 through 57. You know, it says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of the sin is of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I actually, I missed the verse because in verse 54, it says death is swallowed up in victory. And then it starts going to say, Oh death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? Because we see the victory that Jesus has done because Jesus, he has swallowed up death in his victory. And I'm going to give you some imagery of that right now of what God was doing, of what God was doing um, through, you know, the foreshadows in the Old Testament. Because today we are still going to be talking about, um, you know, some more prophetic symbolism. And so today we are actually going to be talking about the story, or the first thing we're going to be talking about is the story when Moses had his rod turned into a staff. And so we are going to go, let's travel together to Exodus 7, verse 8, and we're going to go through verse 13. It says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Work a miracle, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your staff and throw it down before Pharaoh, that it may become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh, and thus they did as the Lord commanded. And Aaron threw his staff down before Pharaoh and his servants and became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called for, just check this out, the wise men, the sorcerers, and they also called upon the magicians of Egypt. And they did the same with their secret arts. It's like, for each one threw down their staff and it turned into a serpent, but Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs, but yet Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he did not listen to them as the Lord had said. Mm. Let me tell you, this is very symbolic. You have to remember symbolically with a lot of the prophetic symbolism that a staff actually represents authority that a staff actually represents you know the authority of one person's a household it could even be a rod for a kingdom but the thing is you know the rod it represents the authority so in this situation god is saying use this as a demonstration of my authority so we are seeing this as the authority of god and as we know, who is the pure imagery of the authority of God? It's Jesus. So we are going to combine, 
the the correlation of the two because this is just a foreshadow to show what Jesus was going to do. And so this staff, this rod became a serpent. Now, we know that serpents are symbolic of sin or the cunningness of the enemy or, you know, the enemy itself. But the thing is, God, you know, Jesus, he became the authority of God. He became sin, but then he actually went and he swallowed up sin and he rose in authority, just like we read in 1 Corinthians 15, where he says, oh, death is swallowed up and victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? And this is something that I actually find very interesting is that if we read or if we actually dive into the wise men, the sorcerers and the magicians, that means there were three different forms of serpents that Pharaoh, that Aaron's and Moses's serpent of staff swallowed up. And for me, like if you actually dive into it, we can actually see where it kind of correlates with the body, the soul and the spirit, the makeup of man, which is also what has been infiltrated of the sin nature. And so when Jesus, he's going to defeat the sin, he's not just going to defeat it partially, but he's actually defeating the whole thing. He's actually tackling and overcoming the sin nature that that's, you know, corrupting all parts of human, of our mankind being. And then what is also really cool is that you have to see wise men, sorcerers, and, and magicians. There are three. And he swallowed up three serpents, just as Jesus, when he was in the grave, he swallowed up three days. You have to know that Jesus, he swallowed up three days in the tomb before he rose up in authority. And the thing is, whenever Moses... You know, they picked up the serpent and it actually came back to its original posture of the staff. It rose back up in authority, showing that Jesus, he who knew no sin, became sin on our behalf. And then he swallowed up sin and, the, you know, and rising back in authority, becoming the rod, first coming as the rod, then coming as a serpent, swallowing the other serpents, and then rising back in authority, defeating all of hell, death, and the grave. Now... I think that is really cool. That's one of my favorite correlations and parallels from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Now, next part is also, we see Jesus also becoming a serpent, is in Numbers chapter 21, verse 6 through 10. So let's turn there real quick. 21, verse 6 through 10 you know, it says, and the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they, and bit the people so that many people of Israel died because you have to understand they were being disobedient to his word. And so the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. And because we have spoken against the Lord uh, and, and you intercede with us, intercede with the Lord that he may remove the serpents from us. And the, Moses interceded for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a standard that it will come about. That everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, he shall live. And Moses made a bronze serpent and he set it on, this, on the standard. And when it came about that the serpent bit any man, uh, when he looked to the bronze serpent, he lived. Now, 
that the sons of Israel came and moved out of the camp of Obath. Okay, basically that's it. He looked at it and he lived. Now, this is something so simple and so, you know, something so elementary, but it is still so cool and so important that we understand that this was also Jesus showing us that if, hey, we have been bitten with sin, we have been corrupted with this poison in our body, within our spirits, which is the sin nature. But if we look onto Jesus and we repent of our sins, we will actually have eternal life. And Jesus actually makes reference of this part in John chapter 3 and verse 14 and 15. And it says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the son of man must be lifted up so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Mm. That anyone who believes in him will have eternal life. He is saying like, look, look to me, repent of your ways, and you will know God. You will be free, like, you know, you will be free from the sting of death. Now, what is also really cool is that Moses made a bronze servant, uh, serpent, right? He made a bronze serpent. That is very important because bronze, it actually is very symbolic of deliverance. You know, it, you know, your Bible might even say brass, but brass and bronze, you know, it is symbolic of deliverance. And you never see Jesus as bronze until you go to the book of Revelation, and you have to read Revelations chapter 1, verse 13 through 15. It says, In the middle of the lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet, and girded across his chest with a golden girdle. And his head and his hair were like white as wool, and like snow. And his eyes were like a flame of fire, and his feet were like burnished bronze. And when it has caused a glow in a furnace, and when his voice was, uh, was sounds like many waters. And, you know, this is to show you that Jesus, he is our deliverer. You know, that he is standing over the enemy. You know, he is using the enemy as his footstool. And guess what? His, the bronze, it is not like it is dirty, like it is covered up, like it has some dust on it. No, it is said that it is glowing, like it just came out of the furnace, showing that Jesus is constantly, you know, making sure that we are free. It is showing us that he is so vibrant, that there is no competition for him. You know, that he stands on the, on the, the, on the head of the enemy, you know, he makes them our footstool and I, and I love it. Um, because like we even know in Ephesians four, I'm going to flip to there real quick. That was not part of the regular original plan for the podcast, but if you can go with me to Ephesians four here. All right. Ephesians chapter four. Okay, and we are going to go in verse 8. Well, actually, let's start in verse 7. It says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, when it says, When he ascended on high, he led, cap he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. 
Now let this be. Now let this expression. He who ascended. What does that mean? That to say that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is is Christ Himself. He who ascended is far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. And you know the gifts that he gave was spiritual gifts, and you know even mantles on people. But the thing is, I love where he says, you know, he led captive a host of captives. What does that mean? Is that means that he went and he took the devil by, you know, by whatever it is, the horns, he took the devil, but he made them in full submission and showed and put them on display for the whole world to see, saying that Jesus is the victor. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. You know, Jesus did something that no one else had done. And he got, guess what? He even got his stuff back. He got the authority of man that was supposed to be on the earth. He got that authority back and he gave it out to men and he even gave it as parts of mantles. And so, you know, for us, that is the main part, guys. This is, I love it because this is just so, uh, it's so profound and what the work of Christ did on the cross. And so today we went over a lot more symbolism, a lot more symbolism. Um, and, you know, this week we were going over how Christ he was, he's the authority of God, how he became sin, swallowed up sin and rose back up in authority. And then we also, um, went into where he took upon our sin. And then if we look at him, you know, and if we repent, he will heal us. He will, he's our redeemer. He is our healer. He is our deliverer and he delivers us from death. So guys, I'm just so thankful you know, that for what the work of Christ done, I hope that everyone has a great Easter weekend. And I just want to thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's revelation, revelations from the secret place. Um, you know, next week or next time we go through it, um, I'm going to go through a posture of obedience, you know, with Elisha and the accent and also with Romans six. And then also what healing from impartation, healing and impartation through communion. Guys, I'm so excited because I'm going to talk about things that God did in Ezekiel and how it was a foreshadow from what Christ was to come um, and what, what happens when we take communion in Christ. And so I am so excited. Uh, you know, please stay tuned for next, uh, for part three of Revelations of the Secret Place. You guys have a blessed day and thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to this week's Fuel the Flame from Newly Awakened Ministries. You can follow Newly Awakened Ministries on Facebook and Instagram. You can also connect with us through newlyawakenedministries.com.